Tell us what you think of Mizzou's reported new defensive coordinator, Corey Batoon. Reports from... A.K.A. Uh, Batoon and Matata. Yeah. That's at least what we're coining him here on this show. Uh, most of us are on board with it. I'm coining it. I'm dragging Andy and Chris kicking and screaming, <laughs> although I think I have Andy on board. We'll see. I mean, I'm a, little more, I'm a little more open to it than Chris is. Uh, reports from Pete Thamel of ESPN and Gabe Bjarman of PowerMizzou.com. Uh, Gabe saying that it is the that he is the tar the target Corey Batoon, but it is not officially done yet. We'll wait to see when that ends up happening. But give us your thoughts on him eight seven five KTGR uh, here on the Big Show at four twenty six. Let's talk NFL Championship Weekend, the AFC and NFC Championship games, Chiefs and Ravens, Lions and Forty ers should be excellent fun on Sunday afternoon slash evening. And here to talk with us about it and the betting angles that you could get from these games, Rob Vino of wagertalk.com here on the KTGR hotline. You can find him on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports and go read their stuff at wagertalk.com. Robbie, how are you today? I am good today, Andy. How are you guys? We're doing good. It's looking to be a pretty solid weekend of NFL football. And we might as well just start with the Chiefs and the Ravens. Now, there is a concern of Joe Tooney missing the game. They did officially say today uh, for the Chiefs that he is out. So uh, I wonder how much you maybe see that as an impact on the Chiefs' offensive line and what they're trying to do on offense and and how that might uh, change things here a little bit. Well, I mean, he's obviously had a great year. And when, you know, when the media has presented that, information to you this week, you almost think it's the end of the world until you realize that Nick Allegretti behind him has played a lot of Kansas City Chiefs football. I mean, it's obviously a downgrade, but it's not chicken little. The sky is falling. Allegretti, um, obviously Andy Reid and the offense have a ton of faith in him, and obviously he's been in these spots before. So I don't know that it's as big a deal as um, maybe it's being made out to be a downgrade, yet a significant downgrade. I'm not sure Baltimore can just line up and say, hey, we're going to expose this guard position because uh, Joe Thune's out. So we'll see how it goes. But I don't think I view it as massive a, um absence as maybe, you know, people that just hear it presented that way. Oh, no, all pro guard is out. Um, as view it as trouble. And so maybe the Chiefs are still able to move the football, whether it's via the pass, via the run. We know what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can do. But at the same time, Robbie, these are the two top-scoring defenses in the NFL this season. We've got a total sitting around 44-and-a-half. I love asking you about totals. How do you view this one? Uh, maybe a little bit of weather concern. Eh, we've seen that kind of stuff before. But these are two elite quarterbacks, but at the same time, two defenses that you don't want to sleep on either. How does that impact the way you're viewing the over-under this weekend? Yeah, I would like to get there with over, to tell you the truth, Brendan. The rain... And back in the beginning of the week, it didn't look as if we were going to have this rain. I mean, here on the East Coast, for those who don't know, and I'm, you know, probably an hour, 10 minutes from that stadium where I'm located at home. Um, All snow last week, freezing cold, warmed up starting yesterday, really warm today, warm for the weekend. But then, you know, Saturday is a clear day. And then Sunday, all of a sudden we have rain. So it backed me off a little bit. I think that what you said about two elite quarterbacks um, playing in this game rings true. I think it rang true last week in that Kansas City-Buffalo game where the over 
was a ticket that you would have cashed in that particular game. I think Kansas City's offense looks much better last couple of weeks than what it did um, previously. So there's some things where offense could, um, you know, reign supreme in this game against these defenses. But, you know, and the weather conditions, it's not going to be like a heavy rain like it was in San Francisco for Brock Purdy. It'll be a lighter rain. So I'm still considering it. But I will say this, Steve, Brendan, real quick, that I think the Chiefs know they have to score. I mean, the Ravens, for what it's worth, they've scored 30 or more points in eight of their last 12 games. So you're not going to beat them you know, 10-7, 14-13, something like that. Um, And and in that grouping of eight 30-plus point games, a lot of it came against playoff teams, Detroit, Cleveland, the Rams, San Francisco, Miami, Houston. Uh, So if you're Kansas City, you know you have to score in this particular contest. So that would lead me forward over. I don't know about you guys. I get this feeling that this game is a lot like the Michigan-Washington National Championship game where I keep coming back to the point where the Harbaugh team is so physical. And over the course of 60 minutes, and they just wear Kansas City out. If you perceive that that's the way the game's going to go, then you need the Chiefs to get out in front early. Because, I, you know, I'm starting to ramble here, but let me just give you another No, I like it. I, I yeah. do like it, Robbie, because it is, it's kind of you can see both angles on it. There's a lot to get into, so we appreciate it. Yeah, let me just say that, you know, this week all we've heard is how great Baltimore is, right? Great, 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 great. Okay, they're great. We get it. But they're 10-10 at halftime with Houston last week. They're being outgained by Houston at halftime last week, 145, one, uh, 130, I think it was. And for what it's worth, Houston has no ground game to speak of, no offensive line to speak of, so they're a one-armed offense, and they still threw for 131 yards. They blew some early opportunities. My point being here, if you're on the Chiefs on Sunday, you want them to be out in front. The playoff knock on Lamar Jackson that still exists until he you know, shakes it is that if the opponent in a playoff game gets ahead, they can't come from behind. Now, I'm not saying that's the way it is this year because I do think the offensive weaponry is much better and maybe Todd Monken's offense is better suited for them. But still, if Houston had done a little more damage in the first half, that game probably, I mean, Baltimore played a great half, the second half. Other than that, they were kind of like toe-to-toe with D'Amico Ryans and his defense. So um, I don't know that Baltimore is, you know, we always say it's what you saw with your eyes last that people believe, right? And I think they believe that Baltimore is on this pedestal right now and KC kind of lucked out and maybe they're not equal. Although heading into last week, I have to say that I heard plenty of people tout Steve Spagnola as one of the greatest defensive coordinators in playoff history. And all of a sudden after one game against Buffalo, he's not anymore. So I, I don't know. It's kind of funny how things change in six, seven days. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Rob Vino of wagertalk.com with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports. You know, just just one more thing I had on on this game here, Robbie, the the running ability of, of Lamar Jackson obviously is is a huge deal. Patrick Mahomes is running ability, not nearly as much of his game, but still very strong. Uh, I wonder how you see both quarterbacks uh, operating in that aspect of the game, uh, and, and how much it could affect, you know, putting their team in position of of putting up some of these numbers, and maybe even, you know, touchdowns versus field goals in the red zone and things like that. 
You know, it's like you're a mind reader, Randy, because as soon as I stop talking, I'm looking at my notes and I'm saying, darn, I forgot to talk about Lamar Jackson running. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. No, all good. Um, You know, last week we saw him take off quite a few times for big yardage, right? But every time you saw that, Houston was in man-to-man coverage where Jackson looks. He sees the backs of jerseys, a lot of open green, and takes off. I would expect that Steve Spagnuolo in this game plan has more eyes on Jackson, maybe a lot more zone coverage to make sure that he doesn't get to take off um, and gain those huge chunks like he did last week. And the opposite side of that coin is Baltimore really is kind of a macho-style defense where Mike McDonald lines up and says, we're going to play you man-to-man and we're going to come after you physically. And maybe Patrick Mahomes is the guy that looks downfield this week and sees the backs of jerseys and a lot of open green and takes off. I think that's one area where, and we'll see how they call it game plan wise. I mean, obviously I don't sit in on team meetings, but I just know from watching last week that maybe Steve Spagnuolo can make some adjustments that limit Lamar a little bit. And maybe Baltimore's tendency to not come out of what they do best will enhance what Mahomes can do rushing the football. If you're a prop better, um, and I'm not, but you know, you look towards those rushing yards, maybe Patrick has a decent day rushing. Interesting stuff. And then on the other game, I mean, again, with the total, it's like you always want to see those two offenses go nuts and and go over the total. But how many times this season, Rob, have we seen these 50-plus point totals sort of end up being a letdown? Is that a possibility here when it comes to Lions 49ers, or do you see a way at at the potential shootout between these two really good offenses? Yeah, you're trying to rain on my parade, Brendan. Um, Look, I want to be I, I right think, there with you. I do. <laughs> but it's tough when we keep getting burned on these is. high totals. You're right. And the one thing that's a concern, I think Andy brought it up um, previously with the KC game, is turning touchdowns into field goals. You can't have it. When these games do stay under, that's what happens. It's not for lack of scoring opportunities. It's not for lack of total yardage. Um, it's not for lack of offenses being better than defense. It's because you get down in that red zone and you don't score touchdowns. A couple of things here where it might be different. Last week, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but it just seemed like Brock Purdy, and he was bad last week, but it looked like he was uncomfortable in that heavy rain. Uh, do I wear a glove? Do I not wear a glove? His throws were way off. In better weather conditions, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially against this past defense, that he could have a much bigger day, um, whether Debo Samuel's involved or not. The other side of the coin, when you look at Detroit's offense and can they move the football, you know, as time went on here and after watching last week's game, Detroit and Green Bay are very comparable mirror image-wise as far as offense is concerned. Their offensive lines can, and they did root up San Francisco's defensive front because Aaron Jones had a day. And that's what Detroit likes to do with their highly touted offensive line. They can run the football and then Jared Goff can turn it into yardage, um, you know, with play action. And when I went back a little bit, I found, you know what, Arizona ran for big yardage against San Francisco. There were a couple others that I don't have off the top of my head here um, without checking down and reading notes that um, where San Francisco gave up big yardage. And I'm thinking they, they're just not the same defense that maybe they're perceived to be, or maybe the defense that we saw earlier in the season or even last year. So I think Detroit can move it. I don't think Jared Goff will be, you know, rattled whatsoever. And I think Brock Purdy probably plays better. The Debo Samuel angle is the one that's been on the top of everybody's list this week. And I'll just say this, guys. If he plays, and I guess he's been a little bit limited in practice, and that's done by design a lot of times. Um, But it's a 
not fractured, but close to fractured shoulder. I would say that Dan Campbell, <laughs> knowing Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, and those guys, if Debo Samuel takes the field, they'll take shots at that shoulder. And even if, you know, if that sounds crude to people, I would say this, that offense requires the wide receivers to block. And so aside from being a decoy in that game, does Debo Samuel have a huge effect if, in fact, he's not all that healthy? So I, I don't know um, that you could depend on him. But even without him, guys, I, I think that game could probably find its way up and over, although this number's climbing. I mean, we saw 50-and-a-half, 51, 51-and-a-half now and some straight 52s out there. Yeah, it's it's interesting how uh, how different it might be. So we'll see how those two offenses look. It, is there a whole lot of worry you think about? I mean, you mentioned Brock Purdy maybe not uh, being up to snuff in the last game. Uh, how likely do you see a bounce back uh, for him? I, I suppose that does kind of uh, hang in the balance a little bit as far as what the total might be. But uh, as far as San Francisco and getting their offense back into groove, I'm, I'm sure he... With, with how much attention he's gotten this year as an MVP candidate and things like that, he's got to be back to maybe what he what he was in some of those bigger games that they had this year. And if it's you know a misfiring kind of night, then you, you might not see as much from San Francisco. Yeah, I think it all comes back, Andy, to the fact that he's lucky to have the surrounding pieces that he does. It's a good offensive line. Although, again, I talked about the defensive front. The offensive line isn't quite the same either outside of Trent Williams, but it's still a good um Offensive line, the um, the scheme is good. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's the best in the game at what he does, and they've got a tight end in George Kittle and receivers on and on. So I think he's a product of what surrounds him, and I think in these conditions and with this defense, which just seems to be <clears throat> very much two things, right? Detroit can do two things. They can stop the run, although they didn't do a great job of it last week. I think Tampa Bay had six per carry against them in limited carries, and even still Baker Mayfield threw for over 300. Um, and they and they rushed the passer with one guy, Aiden Hutchinson. So I don't know. Um, you know, maybe these blitzes that Detroit ran last week hurt him, but I think Brock Purdy will bounce back in, in short-form answer to your question. I think he'll bounce back just because the conditions are better and the surrounding pieces he has to work with are really, really good. Rob Vino of wagertalk.com with us on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. All right, Robbie, whether it's something in these two games we have in NFL Championship Weekend or, or anything else, college hoops and the like, the, all that's happening for the next uh, few days, what's your free pick that you want to make folks happy with? Well, I'll go to the football because that's what everybody's interested in um, this weekend. And I'll say this, Andy, I shortened up that AFC game between Kansas City and Baltimore, and I'm going to play first half. Um, I'm going to take Kansas City plus the three points in the first half. It's funny. The game, Baltimore's four points for the full game, and they're three for the first half. It's almost as if it's a foregone conclusion in a lot of people's minds that Baltimore's going to get off to this fast start. But I just don't know. Andy Reid is great at scripting the beginning of a game. I think that if Kansas City gets out in front, it becomes a little more difficult for Baltimore. And like I say, with that Washington-Michigan national championship game comparison, Maybe the course of 60 minutes wears KC down a little bit because um, they do have some injuries on that. Guys that will play injured on that side of the ball. But first half, I think Kansas City knows we got to get out in front and we got a front run here because Baltimore is great at doing that and the Chiefs don't want to really be behind. So I tried Kansas City plus three. 
first half. Um, hey, if I get the 10-10 tie that Houston got to last week, I'll be very happy. Hey, that'll work. That'll play. So, again, plus three on the Chiefs in the first half of the AFC Championship game. That's Robbie's free pick of the week. Great to have him here uh, on the big show on Fridays, KTGR and KTGR.com. You can find him on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports and go to wagertalk.com to read all their great stuff. Robbie, thanks so much for coming on. Enjoy the weekend, and we will talk again soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me.